With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, everybody, to the SEC Football Show. I am Chris Landry, and we've got the playoff set. We've got LSU in as the number one seed. They're going to line up against Oklahoma. We've got the bowl matchup set where we've got, um, in addition to LSU, uh, nine, excuse me, eight, um, for a total of nine schools in bowl games. We're going to get to that. We're going to... uh, to tell you about our all-conference teams, going to some of those bowl matchup, but we're going to start with some late news, and we are, as I'm taping this, we want to tell you to keep it at LandryFootball.com and follow me on Twitter at LandryFootball for the latest details. As at the time of this taping, um, LSU defensive coordinator Dave Aranda is in contract negotiations with Nevada Las Vegas about the possibility of coming there becoming their new head coach. Um we've got the details up on landryfootball.com so check it out there as to why he might be considering what they might be offering what they're willing to do so on and so forth. Um don't know where it's going. Look, I mean these things are fluid. Uh, I'm going to keep you up to date. So as we're taping this as you're listening to this the decision may have already been made. You'll know about it, and you'll certainly know about it by following me on Twitter at LandryFootball and certainly at LandryFootball.com where we will have all the details. It has been a busy week in the SEC for coaching changes and coaching moves. Uh, the most notable one, I guess, is Ole Miss, the hiring of Lane Kiffin. A lot of excitement going on with the hiring of Lane Kiffin, the press conference, well-received. Certainly someone that's going to move the needle in terms of the excitement level. Uh, For those of you that are members of LandryFootball.com, you've known for a while how that was coming down in a very intriguing fashion. So you've got to tie in Arkansas and Ole Miss in the coaching search. And uh, one – uh, note that you should be aware of, and I've mentioned this before, that 
Lane Kiffin when he was 32 and the coach of the Raiders actually wanted the Arkansas job that ended up going to Atlanta Falcons coach Bob Petrino. So he missed out on it. His dad coached there. Lane was a young tot living in Fayetteville when his dad was coaching there. So he really wanted that job. As things were progressing and Arkansas was in their search, Hunter Juracek, who is the athletic director at Arkansas, if you remember, was the athletic director at Houston that tried to hire Lane Kiffin. In fact, had come very close to a deal with him, only to be rebuffed by Tillman Fertitta, the big Houston booster, who blocked that and wanted, uh, they ended up going with Major Applewhite. Ironically, Hunter Juracek, again, trying to get a deal done with Lane Kiffin, was blocked by Jerry Jones and the Tyson chicken financier that um, is usually goes in line with what Jerry Jones wants. Now, I can tell you that speaking with Lane's, uh, Lane's uh, dad, Monty, he really had a strong interest in the Arkansas job, but obviously sensing a problem um, – Jimmy Sexton, the agent, basically got word to him and really began to work the Ole Miss angle, which Ole Miss's job came open a little bit later as that that happened on um, basically <clears throat> the Friday, the Saturday, Friday, the Friday, Saturday after thanks, uh, Thanksgiving Day night game in which um, that was the last game for Matt Luke. So Ole Miss uh, – quickly was interested in, in Lane Kiffin. Now, their preference was for Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell preferred the Florida State job. Arkansas's first choice was Matt Campbell, who had no interest in leaving Iowa State for Arkansas. And so it, it, it quickly kind of emerged for Arkansas, the Lane Kiffin, Hunter Juracek, then that became rebuffed. Then you started to see Arkansas kind of retreat. And at that same time, Jimmy Sexton, Lane Kiffin's, Kiffin's agent, tried to really push the Ole Miss job on Lane and saying it's a better roster. And look, they are more interested. Let's try to get a deal done with him. And Lane was very excited about it. He, too, saw the value in Oxford and Ole Miss and old school SEC and and uh, certainly with being in the conference before and uh, I think had a great appreciation for it. So it was something that he was very, very interested in. There was some resistance inside the Ole Miss family about Lane Kiffin, particularly the Manning family, that was not really excited about Lane Kiffin. And that goes back really to Peyton and the Tennessee situation. And Peyton ties to some of the old guard at Tennessee, including Philip Fulmer, very anti-Kiffin. And so there was a little bit of hurdles. Now, the Manning family, certainly Archie, important, but Archie's not Archie's one to do his work behind the scenes and is not really in a position while he's helped financially. He was not one to really block it. But I think he let his feelings known behind the scenes. But as they went forward with 
consideration of candidates, it was clear that there was a lot of momentum, probably more momentum for Lane Kiffin than there was pushback from those that were not interested in bringing Lane Kiffin along. And Billy Napier was the, likely the fallback candidate <clears throat> if the Lane Kiffin situation had fallen through. Lane definitely was looking to make a move, did, and got the deal done. And um, certainly going to be interesting, if nothing else. And I can – people have asked me, what about Lane? And, you know, you know him, what have you. Look, he's certainly – in the past been immature. I think he's grown up. I think he's learned how to become a head coach. I think he now understands that being a head coach is more than being, I'm going to run my offense and call plays. I think he learned that a lot when he was at Alabama, and I think he's grown from that. We'll see. We'll see how much. He's a good recruiter. He's got a good offensive mind. He's been able to put good staffs together. I'll be interested to see where he goes in uh, this position and who he's able to put together on this staff. And let's see if he can make some noise in recruiting. Meanwhile, Arkansas tried to circle back and see if they couldn't get Brian Harson interested in the job. They could not do so. And the guy that Jerry Jones was pushing for was Butch Davis, obviously a longtime assistant. Cowboys, good coach, FIU. That didn't go over very well with the rest of the Arkansas brass. And so it was almost a case of, you know, trying to appease people, and there really wasn't a strong case or a strong pull for anyone in particular, but just more of a few people that were, to some degree, had some level of interest in a certain candidate, but but not anyone that was universal. I, I thought guys like Bill Clark would have been a really good fit for them. They decided to go with Sam Pittman, who I think the world of. I think he's an outstanding recruiter. He's got loyalty and fondness for that program. Um, he's an outstanding offensive line coach. We shall see what he's able to put forth in terms of a staff and whether they're able to recruit. Um, in terms of buzz, probably not the best hire. But buzz doesn't always get it done. Look, that this, like any coaching hire, is all about what you're able to do with it, what you're able to do with the opportunity, and we'll see where that leads. Missouri, in the same parallel hire, was also interested in Brian Harson. really could not get them to – get him interested. Um, there were some guys that were like a Blake Anderson that was being pushed a little bit, but was not really uh, striking the interests of a lot of folks. I do think it's an intriguing hire getting Eli Drinkwich from Appalachian State. Just off of what his background was and is and coming out of um, North Carolina State is the offense coordinator. Very impressed. Now, this has a chance to work out pretty well. In that, I do think Eli is one of those fast-track guys that if he had stayed at App State for a couple of more years, 
he would have probably gotten a bigger job than Missouri and probably would not have even considered Missouri at that point. At this point, he wasn't going to get, after one year, a lot of options, and getting this one is certainly a good get for him. So I think, in essence, they've got a head coach with upside. Now, Missouri needs to understand who they are and get it out of their head that they're not going to compete for SEC West titles. I think one of the worst things that happened to the expectations of Missouri was when Coach Tranquil took them to a couple of conference championship games. That's just not going to happen. That's not the norm at Missouri. You're not going to do that unless Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee are all struggling at the same time. So you're dealing with a situation where there's maybe expectations that are not realistic. In terms of somebody that's young, energetic, I think that can work in recruiting, I think that's one of the areas that concerned me about Missouri with Barry is what type of recruiter would he be. We'll see what Eli can do. There's there's not enough there of a sample size of what he can do, but I think certainly from an offensive side, he's a really good offensive coach. He's very aggressive, very innovative, and probably – the type of guy that you need, the type of profile you need at Missouri. But it's going to come down to being able to increase their recruiting profile a little bit and then being able to coach him up and get to bowl games. That's realistic. I thought that Missouri underachieved big time this year because their schedule was so favorable. And quite frankly, they couldn't get it done. So we'll we'll see. those. Uh, we've got a number of of assistant coaching hires that have taken place. We've got all that up for you at LandryFootball.com. But Auburn hiring Chad Morris as the offensive coordinator when uh, Dillingham left to go to Florida State. Um, Again, we've got some initial staff hires at at Arkansas and at Ole Miss. Um, Georgia losing Sam Pittman replaced him with Matt Luke, the uh, aforementioned head coach, at Ole Miss. So we've got um, some other things going on. As I mentioned, Dave Aranda, considering the UNLV job, that would be a big loss for LSU. Um, We'll see if he indeed takes it. People have asked me, uh, and I've got a question. I will go ahead and answer it right here, is why would Dave Aranda take the job at a UNLV? I think people have felt like Dave is at a great place. He is. He's making a lot of money, 2.5. Why would you leave there? Well, I can tell you this, that he's had an interest. His interest in being a head coach has increased quite a bit over the last 6 to 12 months. He's from the West Coast. I think he would like to get back there and get to that region of the country. Um, and so I think there's a strong interest. Look, I don't I don't know that there's, there's – um, you know, people say, "Why don't you wait for?" Well, you know, I don't, I don't. He doesn't have that. The open, the openings that came up. He wasn't a candidate for any of the jobs that were out there. Um, you know, I don't know, for example, that he would have a type of interest in a Memphis or an Appalachian state. But I think in the that part of the country, I think he would have an interest in a UNLV. He has an interest in Colorado State, which is an even better program with better facilities. 
UNLV has upgraded their facilities. They're going to be in the new Raiders complex, so they're going to have a different look. Um, and I think that more than ever, Dave kind of sees his profile as defensive coordinator. Maybe it's taken a little bit of a PR hit this year, a dip, let's call it, not a hit, a dip, and that the guy did a really good job coaching that team this year, yet he got criticized a lot because the defense gave up points and yards. Well, the injuries along with the faster pace of the offense contributed to that. And so Dave Aranda's no longer the brightest guy the you know uh, in the in the staff room anymore. That's Joe Brady. And you know, I think he looks at maybe the timing maybe to go forward with maybe getting an opportunity. Got a strong run at it, maybe could win a national title. I suspect that he would coach throughout the playoffs. I'm almost I'm virtually sure of it that he would do that. Um we'll we'll see what would happen and whether UNLV's able to get a deal done. Nothing is definite on that, but that's the reason why he would consider it. And the reason why he wouldn't is you know money. I don't know that UNLV can pay much more if if even the same amount as he's making now, he's making 2.5 right now at LSU. So that's the answer to your question why he is considering it. And at least at the time of this taping of this podcast, he's considering it. And again, we'll, we'll let you know on what decisions are uh, come about with that. All right. So we've got the matchups. We've got LSU. What a dominant performance by LSU against Georgia. It was not a contest. <clears throat> it was a decisive blowout, which we thought if they got a lead, <clears throat> pardon me, it would be tough, very tough for Georgia to come back. That was indeed the case. It was a complete dismemberment of a very good Georgia defense by an offense that is an outstanding Joe Burrow is headed to New York this weekend, going to win the Heisman. So that award's going to going to be in the conference, and it's going to be the second Heisman Trophy winner at LSU, 60 years apart. That's the largest gap for schools that have two Heisman winners. 60 years ago that Billy Cannon won the Heisman, Joe Burrow will indeed do that. He was phenomenal again, as he has been all year long been the best quarterback in college football and he's made himself a ton of money and he's just been probably put forth the best single season of quarterbacking in the SEC in SEC history it uh, I, I can't think of any that's been better and I've looked at some that have been outstanding and Cam and Archie Manning Werfel, and we've had good ones, but nothing quite to the degree of Joe Burrow. Just been simply outstanding. Um, so they've got Oklahoma. They get the number one seed, deserved there. Uh, it's going to be awfully tough for Oklahoma's defense to hold up against LSU's offense. Um, we'll get into that matchup a little bit more as things go forward. But LSU with a win against Oklahoma, and they'll be, again, they are decided favorites. Um, 
they would then advance to play in the national championship game in New Orleans. So uh, it would be real interesting to see if they're able to get this uh, get this done. In terms of the other bowl matchups, there are nine in total. The Texas Bowl has Texas A&M against Oklahoma State. A&M with a 7-5 record, a really good team against an Oklahoma State team with a better record. But look at A&M's schedule and what they were able to uh, to go through was really impressive. And we'll see if this is, um, you know, a beginning of what could be a very good year next year for A&M. I've said this before. Folks, I don't know what these bowl matchups are going to look like until I know who's going to play in these games, who's motivated to play. It's it's really um, a crapshoot um, outside of the playoff games, of course. So um, A&M, Oklahoma State, and the Texas Bowl, of course, the Peach in the playoffs, LSU, Oklahoma, Music City's Mississippi, Mississippi State and Louisville, Orange Bowl, Florida, Virginia, um, which I'm not crazy about that matchup. The Belk Bowl, Kentucky, Virginia Tech. The Citrus Bowl, Alabama, Michigan. Outback Bowl, Auburn, Minnesota, which I think is a really intriguing game, as is the Alabama-Michigan game. Sugar Bowl, Georgia, Baylor. And the Gator Bowl, Tennessee and Indiana. So those are the nine matchups. And we're going to be breaking them down in depth on LandryFootball.com. We're certainly going to talk about them a little bit more as it comes into game week. But those are the nine bowl matchups within the conference. I wanted to um, go over to all-conference team as I saw it from inside the film room this year. Those of you that follow this uh, podcast know that we give out game balls every week. Who graded out the best? Well, uh, oh, in the course of the year. Joe Burrow clearly is the player of the year in college football, in my mind. He's going to win the Heisman. Um, He certainly is the top quarterback in the conference. But the biggest surprise, at least as I went into the season, uh, if I would have told you that I was going to rank Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as uh, as the best player running back in the conference this year would be quite surprising because I didn't anticipate that going into the year. Good running back, but that's how he graded out. He was outstanding. I thought he was the best running back in the league this year. Najee Harris was also outstanding at receiver. Man, it was hard. I mean, I could have put a couple of LSU guys, but Jamar Chase – made the list, and Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith at Alabama. Boy, were they some options at receiver. I mean, go ahead and the guys I left off and shoot, man, they're, they're, they're easily could be on this list. Kyle Pitts at Florida was outstanding at tight end. At tackle, Jedrick Wills of Alabama and Andrew Thomas of Georgia. I thought the guards of Ben uh, uh, Cleveland, uh, of Georgia and Landon Dickerson of Alabama and then Trey Hill of Georgia. Not one of the LSU linemen made it individually, but the unit played very well. They graded out very, very well. So it's no disrespect to what I saw on tape with those guys, but individually breaking them down, um, 
there, there was a little bit of a, dif- a difference there. Um, on defense, um, Jonathan Grenard, the Louisville transfer, was simply outstanding. Um, both the, the run and the pass game. Gosh, I thought Marlon Davidson was outstanding. I thought Calvin Chason was outstanding. I thought Daryl Taylor was outstanding. Uh, I thought Anthony Jennings was outstanding. Um, really good edge defender. Um, Terrell Lewis was really good. Chauncey Rivers was really good uh, from Mississippi State. DJ, one of them of South Carolina, was good. Defensive tackle interior guys, Jordan Elliott was outstanding. Really good interior run defender. Um uh, Justin Matabuke at AM was outstanding. Roquan Davis of Alabama is really good. Christian Barmore of Alabama, also very good. Derek Brown, of course, was dominant. Um, he's been outstanding all year long and uh, was really someone that showed ability to put pass rush moves together in, in addition to defending the run. Javon Kinlaw was outstanding at South Carolina. Calvin Taylor of Kentucky, Bobby Brown of Texas A&M also were all very good. Linebacker Nick Bolton of Missouri was really good. Um, The run and in coverage was outstanding and consistent. Jacoby McLean of Auburn, Jamar Watson of Kentucky, David Reese of Florida were also really, really good. Uh, K.J. Britt of Auburn was really good against the run, probably graded out best against the run of anybody. Uh, Patrick Queen of LSU, Ventrell Miller of Florida, DeJohn Harris of Arkansas was also really good. Corner, I thought um, Derek Stingley was outstanding. I thought he was the best fresh, best young player in the country, was just simply outstanding. Um just really good. Uh, I, there's not a freshman in the country that played better than this guy at his position. Just long play the ball in the air, just simply outstanding. Patrick Sertan of, of Alabama is really good. Cameron Dantzler of Mississippi State was outstanding. And Cedric Dort of Kentucky, also very good. Trevon Diggs of Alabama um, was outstanding. Eric Stokes of Georgia, Roger McCreary of Auburn, and um, – were also very, very good. At safety, thought Xavier McKinney of Alabama was really good. Um, all the safeties, really all three safeties there did a good job for Alabama. The Gale Warrior of Tennessee was outstanding. Richard LeCount of Georgia, Grant Delpit of LSU. Good year. Not as good a year as we thought, but a really good year. I thought Jeremiah Denson was outstanding as well. Uh, really good in coverage. Cameron Curl of Arkansas. Donovan Steiner of Florida and Sean Davis of Florida were also very good. Christian Fulton played well um, in the slot outside. I thought J.R. Reed, Career uh, Elam, um, Brandon Eccles of Kentucky, all very good. Um, kicker, although he struggled down the stretch, I thought Rodrigo Blankenship was very good. Uh, Simigala of Tennessee very good. Evan McPherson of Florida did a good job, and Parker White did as well. I thought Brandon Mann of A&M was the best punter. Uh, Joseph Charleston, uh, Charlton at uh, South Carolina, Jake Camarda uh, of Georgia, and um, Sipos of Auburn were really good. Jerry Neely was 
the best kick returner, and well, he and Jalen Waddle were. Um, I thought Devion Warren of Arkansas and Lynn Bowden was outstanding, and I've got to put Lynn Bowden in as some sort of award. I mean, he didn't play enough receiver to put him at receiver. He wasn't the best quarterback, but if you're looking at the best player in the league, he was the most influential player, certainly the most versatile, personally the kind of the warrior, definitely the, the MVP of the team. I don't know where to put him, how to put him. I'm just telling you that Lynn Bowden was outstanding, but the guy that most impressed me more than anybody in this league was this young guy that just did everything for him. Um, punt returner Jalen Waddle, Richard Floyd of Missouri, Christian Tutt of Auburn, Marquise Calloway was also outstanding. Some other news um, we mentioned a little bit. Um, Chad Morris has taken over. Um, the uh, the uh, Joe Brady won the Brawls Award. It looks like he is going to stay. No deal is set, but looks like he's going to absolutely be staying. Um, Arkansas senior defensive back Brito Tutt has entered his name into the transfer portal. Um, he'll be eligible immediately. Uh, the guy to look out for um, for Arkansas is Texas A&M redshirt junior Kellen uh, Deese, the offensive tackle, 6'6", 290, he's entered the transfer portal. He's got a connection with Sam Pittman. We'll see if they can get him over there. That would make a lot of sense. Arkansas and Sam Pittman is going to hire Missouri offensive line coach Brad Davis to serve in the same capacity. Um, he was a line coach for um, for a number of stops and been really good at Florida and North Texas and East Carolina and North Carolina. So, um uh, good coach, good get for them. Uh, Anthony Jennings of Alabama has accepted his invitation to play in the Senior Bowl. Um, we talked a little bit about Joe Burrow and the Heisman this week. A lot of awards coming out. Uh, oh, South Carolina. Uh, Joseph Charlton, who I mentioned, is going to play in the Senior Bowl as well. They've got a new offensive coordinator. We knew that they were making a move. Um, Mike Bobo is going to earn $1.2 million annually on a two-year contract to be the new OC at South Carolina. Mention Lynn Bowden and being the MVP of the league, if you want to call them that, he is going to enter the draft. Um, some other news on Alabama's coaching staff. I know that Butch, David, Butch Davis, Butch Jones has been trying hard to land the coaching vacancy at Colorado State. It, uh, it appears that those negotiations have fallen off a little bit. Um, Mississippi State gets a kicker transfer from Arizona State. Brandon Ruiz, a good young youngster. Tennessee gets a verbal commitment from four-star defensive tackle Amari Thomas for the 2020 class. Um, and, of course, uh, bad news for Georgia in the loss to LSU. To make things worse, Dominic Blaylock suffered a torn ACL in his left knee. Um, he's obviously not going to play in the bowl game. Appeared in nine games this year, um, but it was a disappointing finish to the season for Georgia without a doubt. I want to remind you again that we're going to keep you up to date 
on all the recruiting information as well as coaching search news. We're going to be breaking down recruiting a little bit more um, as the weeks go along. We're also going to be breaking down, obviously, these bowl matchups. But over at LandryFootball.com, the in-depth bowl breakdowns, the in-depth coaching search news and inside information, uh, who's entering the NFL draft, we've got all that covered for you over at LandryFootball.com. So check that out. Uh, A reminder again that this podcast is brought to you by our great folks at 401k Generation. If um, you've got a business or you're an individual and you've got a uh, 401k or an IRA and you'll want to get some advice on what to do, how to do it, or any questions on money management or investment issues, that's who you want to call. And call or text, you can reach them at 1-866-998-5879. Again, call or text at 866-998-5879. They're licensed in all 50 states. That's what's great about what they do and what they can provide for you. So get in touch with them today. You won't regret it. Tell them that we sent you. Um, that uh, is the reason why we can keep this podcast going. So, And if you are have an interest in promoting your business, go to LandryFootball.com, hit Contact Chris, and we'll get that over to TJ, and he'll be in touch with you. Check out all our other conference podcasts. And, of course, if you've got a question, send it to me over at LandryFootball.com, hit Contact Chris, and I will get it to you. Appreciate you joining us today. Uh, Join us next week. Uh, Keep it at at Landry Football on Twitter and at LandryFootball.com for all the latest on recruiting news and certainly coaching rumors, whether Dave Aranda staying or going, we're going to have all of that for you over at LandryFootball.com and on Twitter. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.